Hello and Merry Christmas. Yay. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with Joel Hunter, the wiser, the venerable Joel Hunter. Oh, bless you. Joel C. Hunter. <laughs> uh, and today's Bright Side's Christmas episode. Man, I just couldn't, I have, I could not be happier. All is cold. <laughs> all is bright. I know we could we could spend the entire uh, show with you singing, and that Christmas is carols. what today will be. Sit back and relax. <laughs> I know you haven't. I know you haven't heard enough Christmas music this season. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe that should be our promise to you. No Christmas music, but talking about Christmas and why it's special and uh, and what. Uh, it represents uh, in different cultures because Christmas is not the same everywhere no. across. The world. It is. I'm just going to say this. This will seem extremely ethnocentric, but Christmas is weird in some places. <laughs> Specifically, the one where they're like Krampus is going to come kill you. Uh, it doesn't seem Christmassy. We're going to tell you about that. <laughs> um, how about how about for you? You seem like you would have grown up in the most idyllic place and time for for how people reminisce about. I Christmas. really did. Some of the audience will will re- remember. Uh, Norman Rockwell paintings. I grew up in the middle of a Norman Rockwell painting, I think. Uh, small town, Midwest, uh, snowy Christmases. Uh, you you dressed in uh, at least three layers to go outside so you could last all day. Yeah. And build sm- snow forts and have snowball fights. And um, now I did, we were uh, poor growing up, so the, the presents weren't really... There weren't a lot of presents under the tree, but we had a tree and uh, and we had a fireplace and we, you know, cooked hot dogs and we, it was just, it was a wonderful, wonderful time. Um, when my mom did get married again, <clears throat> that was a bonanza Christmas oh, yeah. because I got a bike, I got a bike, I got a, a new Western flyer. Um, that was that the wagon? Oh, no. Uh, well... It, there was a Western Flyer wagon, but there were Western Flyer bicycles that you oh. got at um, at um, I, I can't remember the name of the of Woolworths the store. Uh, Western, Western Auto. Western that was Auto. it. Producer Tom remembers. The He's man, my age. He knows everything. Yeah, and so I went from my five dollar um, blue balloon tire bicycle <laughs> to this really sharp. Western Flyer Green Hornet. Oh, no, man. it wasn't the Green Hornet because he wasn't invented yet. But but uh, but I could fly, just fly. That is awesome. And I got a camera that Christmas. I mean, I just had died and gone to heaven. Oh man, yeah, that's uh, that's the nice thing about not having presents for a while. When you do actually get some, that is uh, oh that's a my big goodness. Deal. And and showing up with a new Western Flyer bike, I've got to imagine that's like the person who shows up at work with like a, a new Forerunner, or a new Lexus. Or oh, something it like is, that. it yeah. is. Yeah, it was. It was just like. Uh, you know, I just kept talking about how fast my bike was, yeah, even yeah. though it's it's the legs that pump the, the pedals <laughs> that are really fast. But but uh, it was it was just great. the 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 point of the of the holidays back then, though, was um, it was so much fun to have the free time where you played and you you um, went through all of the socialization that the holidays used to be about. Mm-hmm. Um, families always got together. Um, and and it's not to say they enjoyed one another, you know, because there was always one person in the family tried to run everything uh-huh. and all the rest of them were uh, irritated with her. Um, and, uh, but it's, you know, it was family. Yeah. And so you got together and you told old stories. And, uh, and so it was just, 
it was great. Yeah, and I feel like most large family get-togethers, there's always one person that tries to run things, uh, and and that irritates people. And uh, and just so that you know that we're not sexist, uh, I I will say that that tends to be uh, someone who is a woman. But to prove that it's not sexist, there's also somebody who's usually just genuinely crazy. And that's almost always a guy. <laughs> My Uncle Harry. Yeah. Crazy Uncle Harry was yep. just... And you have all these people together in the same room. Uh, ideally, I'd say Christmas now is a time to get together and talk about politics with your extended room. It's the extended family. If you want to have a peaceful Christmas... <laughs> you know, we never talked about politics back then. Yeah. It wasn't. I mean, everything was stable enough. Um, Eisenhower was president. I was going to say, didn't Eisenhower have a, a likability rate of like, he was like 98% well, of people was, liked that yeah, guy. Yeah, and he was stable. And so it really wasn't an issue till the till the Russians set up Sputnik. And, uh, then, yeah. and, and then people grumbled a little. But even with that, it wasn't a major topic um, that, that I can remember that adults talked about. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, the space race, uh, you, yeah, you forget that sometimes the space race really did start around then because uh, yeah. everybody just jumped straight to Kennedy uh, saying, yeah. uh, we choose to go to the moon, <laughs> not because it is easy, but because it is hard. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, uh, it, it, don't forget that when Sputnik went up and it was 1957, uh, we were only, you know, five years away from the Korean War and 15 years away from World War II. And, and so it was... It was, the things were still kind of raw, mm -hmm. and so we always defaulted to, is there going to be another war? Having said that, <clears throat> nothing took away from Christmas. Yeah. You know, it was wonderful. Yeah, it's, uh, especially in the Midwest. I mean, I feel like that's the one time where us Floridians have a reason to be genuinely envious yeah. of our northern neighbors, because snow is free, and it's very pretty, <laughs> you know? know. Uh, now, I, I lived in Indiana for uh, many years uh, when I was in college, well, a couple years, and and then uh, I found that snow was beautiful uh, right around, you know, right before Thanksgiving, through Thanksgiving. And then I found that in March, nothing was worse than snow. <laughs> That's right. You hadn't seen the ground in, in months and months. You hadn't seen the sun in even longer. Uh, and as you, as you slowly walked with your head down and your hands in your coat, heavy coat pockets, going to the science hall, being like, oh, what was I thinking? Gosh, Rollins sure is warmer than this, uh, but it's uh, but it's it's a, kind of the picture that people have is of of that snowy you know uh, Christmas cheer. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, right. all that. Uh, Santa goes along with that. Uh, you know, one of the things that our research department, Becky Hunter, the smartest woman alive, That's what right. she found uh, was that the modern picture of Santa that we have, rosy cheeked, yeah. jolly, fat Santa. Uh, Coca-Cola was responsible for rather, a lot of that. Rather a recent um, in addition of, uh, of of who Santa uh, was rumored to be. Yeah, because now we picture him as just this super fat, friendly guy. Uh, but that's a lot of that's from Coca-Cola advertisements as they, they kind of drew him in a way that would uh, make people think, I like that guy so much, I'm going to drink tons of Coke. That's right. <laughs> in, in, uh, was that actually in the 1930s, an advertising firm came up with this new, robust... Uh, jolly image of Santa who was always smiling and had a Coke in his hand, of course. Yeah. Um, but um, but other people have other versions of the who this guy is. Yes. Yes, they do. There's there's places all over the world that have super weird versions. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I don't even feel bad saying that because I think if they ever do hear this, if they listen, they'll be like, 
Uh, he is right. This is weird. <laughs> Why do we throw pudding on the ceiling? I don't know. Uh, the uh, the picture of Santa uh, is is uh, the Americanized version, and uh, we only have a couple minutes before break. But the idea that Christmas is somehow uh, there's a war on Christmas, or or that it's going away, or something like that. Uh, the facts seem to say otherwise. It's still celebrated by 90% of people. Uh, it, if you were to say Merry Christmas to someone on the street instead of Happy Holidays, there's a 9 out of 10 chance they would also be someone who's That's celebrating right. Christmas. Uh, and uh, I will say the uh, divorcing away of Christmas from uh, it being Jesus's birth that's that's happened to that's some degree. Progressing some. Yeah. However, that one stat that we that we got that said uh, only 51% of those people who celebrate Christmas attend church on Christmas. Uh, I didn't know that that many people went to church on Christmas. Yeah. On okay. Christmas well, Day. I mean, yeah. I did it a couple of times when you had that Northland service on yeah. Christmas, but yeah. uh, it seems like uh, that stat would be a lot lower than like, I, I feel like we'd get a better idea if they told us how many go on Christmas Eve. Yeah. That, that one's more popular, be, yeah. right? It really is. Uh, it's probably the most popular. Yeah. Because I remember at Northland, you'd have a Christmas Eve service and somewhere around 20,000 people would go. And then you'd have a Christmas Day service. And four people would do it. You'd, exactly you'd sit right. next to him in the front row and be like, just, just look over my shoulder at my Bible. <laughs> just, if we all gather around, we can just do that. I don't need a microphone. Yeah, yeah so it's Christmas Eve, I feel like, would give us a better idea. So uh, there's different traditions and uh, different holiday ideas of what people do on Christmas Eve and Christmas. And we're going to go to a break. And when we come back, we are going to tell you about all of them and give you some ideas for weird ones you can add. Welcome back to the bright side, our special Christmas bonanza. <laughs> Have a holly oh, oh, jolly oh, oh. Christmas. <laughs> it's the best time of this day. Hey, there's stuff in the snow. <laughs> Let's all go away. Yeah. So I think uh, we just lost. <laughs> I think Capoeiris just went away. I think right around then we were like, "Good, you got a deal. <laughs> we're out." So to those loyal few still listening, thank you. Uh, today we're talking about Christmas and everything that makes it magical, uh, and all the different uh, traditions across the world uh, that are uh, to us. Interesting, uh, and to other places, uh, uh, crucial, such as in Norway, where you have to hide all your brooms, <laughs> which is right. a real one. <laughs> That's right. Uh, if, you're, if you're in Norway, uh, it comes to Christmas time, there's this uh, insatiable urge to hide your brooms. Uh, <laughs> and it comes from the thought that people will come ride them away. Uh, and uh, so th I, I only mention that to let you know uh, Norway is a beautiful place. Uh, but it has some different Christmas traditions than us. <laughs> There's 160 countries in the world that celebrate Christmas. That is really remarkable. As a, as a country. And then there are other countries um, like Jordan and Pakistan that designate uh, December 25th as a holiday for Christians only. Um, but it's, it's remarkable um, how many um, countries um, surround this holiday Partially, got to tell you, because of its commercial value. Yes. You know, the, the whole gift-giving thing in this country is huge. Yeah. And I think, I think maybe Christmas would be going away uh, if it were only, only for, you know, for religious people. Yeah. But it's for everybody because, because people like to celebrate and buy 
stuff. Yeah, as evidenced by the fact that there's only two countries that are like, this is a Christian holiday specifically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I've got no problem with that. I mean, it's it's sure. it's nice. Uh, it, it's one of those areas where there's not a binary black or white type of thing. Uh, either people have to uh, sit around and tell the story of Jesus's birth and the wise men and all that, uh, or they're just the worst and they shouldn't be celebrating Christians, uh, Christmas at all. Uh, or it's not one or the other. I, I think the idea that there's there's a good, better, best type of idea sure. that where people getting together mm-hmm. and uh, spending time together and celebrating family and and being nice and everybody trying to be a little bit more kind and jolly around yeah. Christmas time that's a good thing. Well, in it, there's in uh, in the largest <laughs> there's so many things I want to say <laughs> at once and none of them are coming out. The most expensive Christmas tree in the world is in a Muslim country. Uh, it's in the UAE, the United Arab, Arab uh, Emirates, uh, in its capital city, Abu Dhabi. Um, and it is 43, uh, by the way, it's in, in the, in the uh, Emirates uh, Palace Hotel there. I've been there. It's a beautiful place. Oh, I bet. Um, and uh, <clears throat> it's 40, over 43 feet tall, decorated with 100 precious gems, diamonds, and pearls. The tree itself only costs ten thousand dollars. Only ten thousand. The rest <laughs> of the decorations are the rest of that eleven point three million dollars. Eleven point three million. I feel <clears throat> like uh, Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Uh, they're kind of. They seem like they're in permanent flex mode. <laughs> they're just like, what else do you got? Oh, we'll do a better yeah, one. We'll, yeah, exactly. Oh, SeaWorld, we could do that. SeaWorld, that's we could nice. one up you. How would you how do you like to uh, have an aquarium that's bigger than the actual ocean? We I got know. that. <laughs> oh, you, oh, we're in the desert. Ah, we don't care. It's uh, it's incredible how much they uh, how how much money goes into some of those. Uh, I mean, the shopping centers and yeah. things like that. The and buildings. It's not, it's not illegitimate that they would partially uh, celebrate the the birth of Jesus because Jesus in the in the Muslim religion. Is a prophet. Yeah, is a, is a major prophet. So the, it's not that they don't believe in Jesus; they just don't believe him in the way we believe. Yeah, is it is it true that the Muslim company uh, companies <laughs> that the Muslim countries uh, or Muslim religion in general kind of look at uh, Old New Testament and then Quran as a as a one two three type of thing, or do they mostly just it's just the Quran? No, no it's the Quran is the inspired word of God, but there are bits of the Old New Testament and the New Testament. In the Quran, they look at scripture um, that it it it's has some legitimate parts, but it's been corrupted. Gotcha. Uh, but but the Quran is perfect. It is the word of God to them. I gotcha. So uh, so Jesus being one of the prophets. So it'd be kind of like if if uh, we had a day that we celebrated the birth of uh, the prophet Muhammad? Elisha. Oh, Elijah. Yeah. Nathan. And we're just like today's yeah. Nathan's birthday. Yeah, it, exactly. It's just, it's it not, would be. It's, it's uh, that's right because he's part of our faith tradition. Yeah. But he's not. You know like the be all and end all, the central piece yeah. of it, and then all the people who uh, worship Nathan as God, we would be like, they just got the wrong message. That's right. right. Yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's, but that's not what we're talking about today. It's not Nathanmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas, <laughs> <laughs> and that is much much different. Um, so uh, here are some uh, some Christmas facts that I found is very interesting. I have often wondered why Merry Christmas is said, uh, because no one ever says Merry Birthday or Merry Easter. Yeah. It's always happy. But but you don't hear a lot of Happy Christmas, unless you're watching old-timey English films uh, like Scrooge. Oh, yeah, English. Happy Christmas. Yeah, yeah they, uh, they do it in England. Uh, but uh, but Merry Christmas, uh, it, it 
changed over from being happy Christmas to Merry Christmas because it was it was thought like it was more there's an intentionality to Mary being Mary, you know, yeah. that it, it, being happy has has hap in it like a happenstance like you just happen to be happy uh, and to get away from that root word uh, being merry implies a level of intentional winsomeness that isn't in, encased in uh, just being happy uh, and then the royal family was like well if all of the commoners are going to say merry christmas <laughs> we're going to say happy christmas <laughs> that's right and they do they do and so now it's more common in england i think to say happy christmas uh, than it is to say merry christmas that's more of a of an american thing but it's so associated in america yeah. that if you say the word merry Anywhere. I mean, it just thinks, you know, if you say a party, everybody, it was a very merry party. No one ever is, uh, would wonder if it was any other time but Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you can't have a, a merry party in June unless it's a Christmas in June party. <laughs> uh, kind of uh, kind of took over the whole thing. Just like they did with mistletoe. You know, you know you, it's, you're weird if you hang mistletoe in your house other times. And believe me, I try. <laughs> and people just doesn't think... Doesn't have, yeah, have the right results. They don't associate it with Christmas. They just think there's a plant hanging from your ceiling. Well, this is... You know, the, it was fascinating to me. The Germanic, <laughs> the Germanic word for mistletoe literally means dung on a twig. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it means. Because the the uh, the thrush birds would come and eat its berries and then just uh, poop, mm. and so um, and they'd poop on twigs, and so that's what the mistletoe means. That's really that's that really... we. I think our version of its use is much. Much uh, better. Yeah, I, um, I would say there are so many a, really great German qualities: uh, efficiency, <laughs> uh, organization, uh, the ability to get things done. Uh, romance seems to not top the list. <laughs> you have mistletoe, and they're like, "Oh, dung on a twig." Well, uh, that's that wasn't a good German. Well, didn't accent. you? Didn't I mean you mentioned this before? But the, in Germany, they have a um, a Christmas tradition. That uh, the oldest man in the house takes a traditional pudding, laska it's called, uh, and throws it to the ceiling. <laughs> and the longer it sticks, the luckier the year will be. <laughs> that really is incredible. We've got to try that. Yeah, I think I think we should. We at should your house. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do it at my, my house. I'll look up how to make a laska. Your Which mother would go be, what? Which what must did... be an incredibly sticky pudding. I mean, think about that. What, what's the consistency of that? I it don't must, know. It must be like one of those little uh, gel things you throw against the window to make it. I, I know. Because uh, uh, I can't imagine any sort of pudding that would not fall immediately back to the ground onto the old man's head. Uh, also in Germany, uh, if you find a pickle, <laughs> you'll get an extra gift. If there's a pickle, they hide a pickle in the Christmas tree. Yeah. And if you find the pickle, you get extra presents. A lot of German traditions feel like somebody feels... Feels like those stories of evolution where squirrels ended up on different side of a chasm and they evolved very differently. Like there was an original Christmas thing and then Christmas just evolved different. And now you got one where you find a pickle and an old man's throwing pudding at the ceiling. It's like, oh, very Merry Christmas we have this year. <laughs> we're going to be quite lucky. Uh, it's, uh, it's a lot different in different places. Uh, we're going to uh, go to a break now, but when we come back, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about how Christmas came to be what it is currently in the United States and what it is across the world. Uh, I promise this next segment will be the best segment you've ever heard on the bright side. <laughs> I'm promising right now. We'll see you in just a minute. So this is Christmas, the time of the year. This is uh, the Christmas episode of The Bright Side. I'm Joel Hunter, and I'm here with... 
Joel Hunter on 93.1 and 5.40 a.m. And uh, our podcast, The Bright Side, mm-hmm. with Joel C. Hunter. With Joel C. Hunter. I, when I pointed at you, I was, I was thinking you were going to say Santa Claus. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I've never identified with, <laughs> with him. Yeah. I, uh, having... Although he's a really cool... Have you ever, ever read the history on St. Nicholas? Yeah. I feel like people that uh, bag on Santa Claus, the Christians who oh bag on Santa goodness. Claus, they, they're, they're just looking for something to, to bag on because it's really hard to be two against Santa. Well, and here's the... He was a fourth century Christian bishop who gave away his abundant inheritance to help the needy and rescued women from servitude. Yeah. How cool was this guy? Super cool. Super yeah. cool. So, I mean, he he uh, he really, the, part of the tradition that people really remember is he really loved red. He wore a lot of crushed velvet red, <laughs> and he liked to trim it in white fur. That's the part that got carried on. But the original behind that, people yeah, forget all that's about right. that. That's uh, right. He also is the most famous man to wear one of those sleeping hats everywhere he goes. Because <laughs> uh, if, you, if you have a red one of those with white trim, people are like, oh, Santa. If you have it in any other color uh, or with any pattern, people are like, why are you wearing a sleeping hat like you're from the 1800s? Where, where's your lantern? <laughs> For those of you who are history buffs, it's very unlikely that the original St. Nicholas dressed thusly. Yeah. But somewhere along the line, he got equipped with a very, very distinct costume. Yeah. And then uh, Coca-Cola in the 30s was like, hey, uh, let's add like 150 pounds to him. Oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, make him make him uh, look like he's got a little bit of a, of alcoholic cheek glow. And, and so they did. And now we have a very merry looking uh, bowl full of jelly bellied. Santa Claus. So the uh, the original Christmases uh, in uh, in the United States uh, before we were even the United States, yeah. we were just still still the colonies uh, across the pond. Uh, it was Jamestown. They they celebrated a couple Christmases, uh, but then the Puritans showed up. Man, those guys hyper religious people are irritating and <laughs> self righteous and kill all the joy. That is true. Uh, if you're if you want an example of that, the Puritans came and said. Absolutely not. No Christmas uh, because people drank eggnog one time. (laughs) Well, it used to be, and it used to be, we took over, I think if history is, uh, if my history is correct, we took over, as Christians do, took over a pagan holiday and oh, yeah, made that, it a, made it a religious yeah, holiday. Saturnalia thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we and and that's that's how it came to be associated with December 25th. There's no biblical reason that it would be associated with that date. And uh but but the Puritans were so mad that it was associated with anything uh other than what scripture could prove that they made it illegal. Yeah, they were like they're like is this time that you're not just Eating stale bread, staring at the wall, uh, then too bad. <laughs> I know. We hate fun. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. So from ni- uh, from 1659, and then for the next 22 years, if you celebrated Christmas, you got a fine. You got you were like in trouble. You, it was illegal to celebrate Christmas, uh, and and it really wasn't until later in our history that Christmas became a big deal. Um, the the very first. Congress uh, was was on uh, in 1789. It was on December 25th. Yeah, uh, they didn't care. Yeah, they they didn't. Uh, it didn't become a national holiday till like 100 years later. Yeah. And now it's impossible to imagine that the idea of working on Christmas is like what? How how could that possibly Unless be? Unless you're Scrooge. Yeah. Yeah. You've you've seen that that movie. Yeah, I did, and he he enjoyed uh, working on Christmas, and he tried to get. Uh, that one fella, Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit. I tried to get him to work on Christmas, and uh, and then what a t- what a time he had. Yeah, uh, 
Three, it, it was so against nature that three ghosts visited him. <laughs> it's rare that that happens, but they took him through and showed him the meaning of Christmas. They had gotten their brooms from... from uh, somebody in Norway. Somebody in Norway. Did not hide their broom effectively. <laughs> and uh, thanks to that, Ebenezer Scrooge became a really good guy. That's right. And he went around saying happy Christmas to everybody because he's British. <laughs> That's right. It all, it all ties together. Um, but yeah, it was it was illegal in the U.S. for a while. And, uh, and now uh, people... Uh, rarely work on Christmas, except for in a, in a few cases in the service industry. But even that, it's not like Thanksgiving where you can still find several places open. Yeah. Christmas, it's it's really rare. And um, I just want to say, if anyone's out there uh, listening and they, and they think on December 25th they need to go somewhere, uh, the here's what you should not say to that person who's working. Why aren't you home with your family? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because you're, oh. because you're the reason they're not home with their family. It's you, Bill. <laughs> exactly. Uh, give, them, give them enough money, they would be home with their family. Uh, yeah, so uh, maybe maybe bring a, a, a candy cane or something. Uh, that might be a nice give thing Give them an extra do. tip, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing to do for people that have to work on Christmas because some stuff just has to keep running. Uh, and, uh, and so, like, getting gas is something you can still usually do on Christmas. Uh, but everybody else stops working. Uh, Guess how many people uh, end up going to the emergency room? Now, you, now Fourth of July, famously, people have to go to the emergency room because yeah. they blow their thumbs off. But, <laughs> but Christmas, I was surprised how many. It's fifteen thousand people. Fifteen a year. Thousand people. And you know what? I shouldn't what? be that surprised because you were one. Of them. I was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put together a tricycle, and I'm dangerous around tools. So dangerous that my wife won't let me have them anymore. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't have a screwdriver um, because I didn't have any tools. Um, and so I used a boy knife and <laughs> sliced my thumb. I'm bleeding, and uh, as in really a lot. Yeah, we had just gotten done with the Christmas Eve services, and we had like you know even back then we had four or five Christmas Eve services, and uh, and uh, this was in Indiana, and uh, I said I got to go to the emergency room, or my wife said that, and so I'll drive you, and so we got a neighbor to stay with the kids, started toward the emergency room, ran off the road because it was snowing so bad. <laughs> Somebody and so we had to hitchhike with a bloody thumb to the emergency room. I still have the the marks of the scars uh, somewhere, and um, so don't do that. And as as he was wheeled into the ER, uh, barely conscious, he he looked at the ER physician and said, "Why aren't you home with your family?" <laughs> <laughs> oh and man! That, and that's how we learned. That's how we learned that. Yeah, it is. Uh, it makes sense, honestly, that people will go to the ER around Christmas because uh, between having to hang lights and uh, you know, there's uh, people trying to put trees up, and there's there's fires sometimes because of uh, because people are uh, plugging seventy eight things into just one outlet. Well, it says that there's hundreds of fires from from trees, mostly dried out trees, mm -hmm. um, that cause hundreds of fire and cost. An average of ten deaths. That's sad. Wow, is that true? Ten deaths. That is and really fifteen point seven million dollars of property damage. Wow. Water your trees, folks. One thing you may <clears throat> want to invest in uh, is a surge protector with several outlets uh, oh, because yeah. that will help prevent fire hazards, especially is, in Florida. Uh, especially in Florida, yeah. But the tree really does dry out. What do you think is an appropriate amount of time to leave your tree up after Christmas? When do you think it? Where where do you think you're like, nah, that's the line. You got to throw it away by then. This is, well, this is arguable because lots of traditions say different things. Most of the people will leave their tree up until the, until New Year's Day. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, but I'd say get it down as fast as it becomes unsafe. Yeah. 
I, uh, my birthday is January 17th. Yeah. So I like to leave it up until at least January 17th. <laughs> do you uh, have an artificial tree? Uh-huh. Well, I see, that, that's okay then. I do. But there are a lot of people leave the lights on their house all, all year long. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I, and I like those people, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a merry <laughs> thing. I remember when I was in medical school, uh, we rented a house for two years and we were in a, just a suburban neighborhood and we had no common sense. You know, we were all in our like early, early twenties and we're like, we finally can decorate for Christmas. And so we we put up, it looked like the Griswold's Christmas lights. <laughs> and we had these giant uh, inflatable snowmen in the yard and a giant inflatable oh, uh, Grinch in the yard and stuff. Uh, and uh, turns out, I found this out towards the end of our time there, our neighbors hated us. <laughs> Just hated us. Couldn't have hated us yeah, more. I can't imagine you doing property values any, yeah. any, any good. At and that so uh, it's, it's important to both celebrate Christmas, but also not infringe on others' rights. That's right. <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I, I really thought at the time we were doing a good deed, but nope, no, it's, uh, it's important to do things, uh, tastefully. Uh, I, I think that, uh, that's, that's part of what bothers people around Christmas time when they're saying, Hey, you know, the people that are really behind saying, Hey, don't say Merry Christmas or Hey, do happy holidays and stuff. It's, I don't think there's a lot of people who hate Christmas so much. I just think some of this stuff is a reaction to obnoxious people yeah. rather than an obnoxious yeah, absolutely holiday. Absolutely right. Uh, I, I, for one, uh, and I think Salvation Army is the greatest, and I'm so glad they do what they do. But I get such a headache with that ringing bell thing. I don't know how they, I don't know how, I, I don't know if they wear earplugs or what, but to, when they stand outside the door and just ring the bell oh, yeah. constantly, oh, yeah. uh, that seems uh, <clears throat> seems like it'd be a job. You know, I, I interviewed the new Salvation Army captain uh, in uh, Orlando. He has the world record for ringing the um, uh, Salvation Army bell <laughs> 30 plus hours. Oh my gosh. I can't even, how, how do you keep your sanity? I'd bring a cowbell is what I would do. Uh, we have to go to a break, but when we come back, we're going to be uh, talking about Christmas in our final segment of today's bright side. Ho, we'll ho, see you. Ho, ho. See you in a minute. Welcome back to today's special Christmas episode of the bright side Jingle bells, jingle. Oh, I started it wrong. That's not how it goes. <laughs> jingle bells. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the last episode before Christmas. Um, and we're going to talk about uh, the last segment of the last episode, this wow. Christmas episode. So we're going to talk a little bit about um, some of the myths. I'm going to get an expert opinion from Pastor Joel C. Hunter, uh, Dr. Joel C. Hunter, on, on whether these are actual myths or whether they are, in fact, true. But first, I want to say one thing because I read this and it was so brilliant that I thought more people should know about it. There's some people who talk about um, with their kids, instead of overspending and getting a million gifts or getting too many things, this idea of getting four things, yeah. something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. Something they want, something they need, something to wear, Something to read. That is brilliant. I thought it was really, really brilliant. So uh, I uh, I may end up doing that. We buy our kids so much stuff they can't possibly be thankful for it or 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 engage with all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, just we we just overload the kids with stuff um, that ultimately is wasted. Yeah, I mean, it's just you only need so many linguini makers, and then after that. <laughs> The rest are just, it's just superfluous. Well, the average is almost five hundred dollars per kid. That is really incredible. That's that's and and it's just ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that really that really is a lot. So yeah. anyway, something they want, something they need, something to wear, and something to read. Now there was an article in the Washington Post: five 
myths about the nativity. Um, and I wanted to ask Pop, Dr. Joel C. Hunter, about these to see uh, whether, whether he agrees um, that these are myths or was, no, it probably wasn't a myth, might be true. Number one, was Jesus born on December 25th? This article says that is a myth. It is a myth. Uh, well, we don't know. You, you, we don't know exactly what date. All, all indications uh, would be that it would be more towards springtime because it says the shepherds were out keeping watch over their flocks by night. Mm. Um, and that was the only the, the times that they did that was when they were lambing. Mm. Um, and, and so that's, that's more toward the spring. Um, other times they had them in pens and so on and so forth. So, um, so the, as we said in a previous segment, most likely Christmas became associated with December 25th because we took over a pagan holiday and made it the celebration of the Lord. Okay. And so that's, that's, that's not, that is, that is a myth. Gotcha. So, um, uh, if you want to be really accurate, your highest chances are if you start celebrating Christmas right around springtime, uh, you know, just oh, in April, Start wearing Santa hats and stuff like that, and you might start a tradition in your neighborhood. Uh, myth number two, this article says that it's a myth that Jesus was born in a stable. That one was surprising. Is that is that true? No. I, I totally agree with this, or totally disagree with this guy, um, and I've done a fair bit more study about this than he has. Uh, <laughs> so when, you say he, it, it, all it likelihood points that he was. All likelihood, because if his, if his, um, if his crib— uh, uh, was a manger, which is a feeding trough for animals. Mm. Um, um, even though there aren't other, uh, the animals aren't mentioned in Scripture. Um, the most likely place for that feeding trough is not in lower a lower place in the house. It is now stables back then were not just independent buildings. They were more likely hollowed out places in hills huh. where an, uh, animals could be kept out of the um, the uh, the elements, uh, and so it may not have been a separate building per se, uh, but I do believe Jesus was born in a stable. That's yeah. Well, I thought one of the things that he had there uh, as proof, he's like, "There's no mention of animals," uh, but uh, it seems it seems real. I mean, if you uh, if you see a dog's a dog dish, then you're just going to assume there's dogs. Exactly uh, so, begs the question. Yeah. Because yeah, he just that's, got that's yeah. that's good. So uh, so uh, we, that's our official opinion. Jesus very very likely was born in a stable because there was a manger and a manger is a feeding trough, uh, and it doesn't mean if there's a feeding trough somewhere uh, somewhere else that that means that it was uh, happened in a house. So uh, myth number three: manger is another word <clears throat> for stable. Is that a, I didn't think that's a, is that a myth? I, I I thought people. I mean, no one does no. anyone think manger means stable. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it just indicates stable. No, oh. it's not, it doesn't mean that. Okay. And then uh, myth number five on here. I'm going to skip over yeah. the way in a major was written by Martin mm -hmm. Luther because that one's boring. Myth number five, did three wise men attend Jesus's birth? Three plus. You know, it it could, it probably was not just three magi that traveled, you know, from the east. So it doesn't say three in the Bible, it just says wise men. No. Okay. The, the place where it says three, are there three gifts that are mentioned? Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So people just usually associate, um, well, that, there must have been three wise men. The The reality of the situation is if you've got three guys coming on camels and they've got valuable stuff, uh, um, they will be robbed. Um, mm -hmm. Caravans back in those days... Um, carried um, were were made up of multiple people, probably dozens, 
um, or at least a couple of dozen, mm. uh, in order to keep each other safe uh, and not be as 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 attackable um, when they're carrying valuable um, 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 goods. And so the the caravan that that brought the wise men uh, were the magi that were were probably it was probably much more populous. Uh, but again, uh, only three are mentioned. And by the way, if you read Scripture carefully, they didn't come until after Jesus' birth, uh, because Scripture says that they, by that time, Jesus was in a house, ah. and they and they came to the house where Jesus was. Okay. And so this is at some time after his birth. Gotcha. Um, and uh, and of those three, I feel like the only gift that people still really like to get or give is gold. <laughs> I know. Frankincense I, and myrrh kind of, yeah, yeah. They, it kind of goes by the wayside. Uh, I mean, I, I've, uh, I've given people uh, just big old boxes of myrrh. <laughs> <laughs> and usually they'll be like, oh, thank you. That's because thank it's associated with death. Oh, I It's mean, embalming fluid. Oh, wow. What a weird, that's a weird thing. Um, Frankincense, though, you can get perfume and come close. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe switch over to that. Maybe if you want to, if you're looking for a gift, it's the 21st, you know, and you're just really looking for a gift for that special someone and you can't find anything, frankincense. It might be the way to go. I'm just saying. Just be like, hey. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for you, <laughs> loved one. And uh, and I bet that that message will really carry. So uh, so the uh, the wise men thing overall, though, uh, it's it, that's that part's in scripture. It is. It's just it, it doesn't necessarily this picture that we have of of wait, of three wise men isn't necessarily the uh, in true. Like it's just there were three gifts. Yeah, there were there were probably three wise men, but they had a they were in, amongst a company. Of a, it was a much larger company. Were they on camels? Because I really don't want to lose that part of my mental yes. picture of it. Yes. Ah, good. That's really good. You know, camels are a good way to get around uh, in the desert. They That's, are. They are. But for boy, it. are they mean. They are. They just spit at you. They're just not friendly. Yeah, I saw. I saw a uh, a video of somebody um, <laughs> trying to trying to. He was not. He did not look like a wise man. He was just <laughs> trying to get his camel to go, uh, and he thought the more. He would uh, yell and scream at it. That might work. Or if he even like kind of kicked into its sides. Uh, and then the camel just laid down and rolled on top of him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> served him right. Yeah. Thank goodness for those two humps. That was the only way he survived. He just he had to hide in between those two. Because that camel, camels, they weigh a whole lot. Um, so with our one minute left, uh, would you like to give any sort of message, a Christmas message to anybody listening uh, today? I do. Um, God gave his greatest gift to us. Um, in his son, Jesus. And so that's why we give to others. We just have been so well-loved that it's only appropriate um, on this day and the rest of the year to love others in a way that we give. You know, the most famous verse in the Bible, God so loved, he gave. Hmm. Uh, And so this is not all about the presence, but it is about the act of sharing with other people and loving other people in the process. I love that. That idea of the gratitude of something done for us, and then we share that that love and, and give gifts to other people. Um, and it doesn't have to be stuff that's, uh, that's, that's financial. It doesn't have to be material things like frankincense uh, it, uh, or gold. It, it can be acts of kindness that we do for other people. Uh, if you go to simple.help, you type that into your internet browser, you might be able to find some of those and join us uh, with a group of uh, a couple thousand people that are all doing this together. Uh, the simple help thing is a way we help other people and uh, show our gratitude. But for today, we just say uh, Merry Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas. And to all a good night. Good night.